This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We would be honored if you would join us. Woo! That was one hell of an episode. Holy crap. I haven't seen a cliffhanger like that since episode 7, literally, where Luke was hanging on that cliff just at the end there, and it left us for like two years. This episode was freaking sweet. I can't wait till we see the final finale, which comes on the 27th, a week and a half from now. They made this episode earlier because uh, The Rise of Skywalker comes out on Friday, and they didn't want to have, you know, uh, clashing titles. Okay, let's get to the breakdown. So, the Mando is on his ship, Grief Karga appears on his dash and says, Hey, I'm alive, I guess, you know, we can call it even. The man who hired you is still here, and his ranks of ex-Imperial guards have grown. They have imposed rule over my city, which has impeded life and further growth. So basically, Grief just wants him out of there. Return to Navarro, bring the child as bait, and I will provide backup with the loyal guild members. I'll arrange for you to meet him, and when you do, you kill him, and we both get what we want. If you succeed, you keep the child, and no one will ever come after you again, and I will remove your tarnished name from the guild. I await your arrival with optimism. Mando blasts off into the stars, and we see him arrive on Sorgan. Now you guys might remember this episode, this is where the Mando met Cara Dune. Cara Dune is in a dogfight with a Zabrak, which is the same species as Darth Maul. Basically it's just like they're in a bar and they're just fighting each other for fun, for money. They're connected by the belt with a pulsing electric cord that stretches. She beats the crap out of him and wins the fight when he taps out. Now, if you didn't know, Cara Dune is played by Gina Carano. She's a professional fighter, so it's a bit of a nod to her as well as her powerful character. The Mando meets her and they link up. He says, you looking for some work? They break bread and he tells her of the job, where she denies it and she's like, I have no interest in killing some crime lord. He says, he's not some crime lord, he's Imperial. She immediately says okay and that she's in. They fly to Arvala 7 to meet with Quill. Going to his hut, the Mando wants to hire his services. When Quill looks at Baby Yoda and says, he doesn't think that this one's engineered. And he can tell that it's evolved naturally. It's far too ugly, and it's aging too slowly to be engineered. So, here we are, people. Baby Yoda, the child, isn't a clone, at least according to Quill, or Quill. However, that doesn't mean that the cloning facility isn't involved in some sort of way, seeing as how the doctor had the cloning patch on his arm, which means that he's directly correlated and linked to Kamino. So, it means one of two things. 
The first one is that either they're trying to clone him because he's a very powerful being and they're trying to, you know, get his force essence or something like that. I'm going to go into detail at the end of this video as well about that. Or he is an unengineered clone. So he's a clone who hasn't had his age sped up. Basically what Django did with his clone, which turned out to be Boba Fett. As he says all this stuff, IG-11 walks in the hut and Kara and Mando draw on him, saying that he's here to kill the child. Kuil says no, and we get a Rocky-style montage where Kuil goes to the wreckage of the spot where the child was first seen in Episode 1 and collects IG-11. From there, he took him back home on the back of his blurg, he reprogrammed it completely and says it's meant to serve and protect now, as it serves them tea. Kuil agrees to go on the mission with them to protect the child. As they spend their time on the Razor Crest, flying on the Navarro, they're just killing time. The Mando and Cara Dune arm wrestle until she starts to choke on air. She grabs her throat and can't breathe at all. The child has his hand outstretched and is forced choking Kara until the Mando grabs him and tells him that she's a friend and to stop. Kuil looks at the child with interest and says that he has heard of something like this during the days in the Empire when he was sold to the Empire, which he bought his freedom with the work of his hands at the length of three human lifetimes. Which means that obviously Kuil is a species that lives for a very, very long time. And since he's still, you know, in pretty good shape, I would say he probably can live another double the length that he's already lived, or even more than that. Kuil goes to make a better crib for the child as they fly over Navarro with grief and three of his men looking up as they land. As Mando, Kara, the child, and Kuil all step out to meet on their blurgs, Grief says the town is now run by ex-Empire, and if they see a rebel shock trooper like Kara, the jig will be up. So he asks for her to cover her tattoo, which is a dead giveaway of her former life as a shock. As Grief asks where the child is, the Mando sends Baby Yoda out to show he's really there, and Grief confirms it. As nightfall comes, they all camp out in the lava fields by a campfire as Grief goes over the plan. They say basically, we go there, show the child to the client, and you kill him done. Once the head imp is out, these contractor type ex imps won't be getting paid, so they'll all scatter. Grief says nothing can go wrong, as massive flying monsters swirl around them, killing two of the three blurs. Now I'm not entirely sure as to the name of this species, but if we're going to legends, these could be the pterosaurs, also called soarers, or their roopings. These were flying reptilian kind of creatures and they were native to the planet of Onderon, used during the Battle of Onderon. We also see them in the Clone Wars, and they were named after the Clone Wars concept artist, Terra Ruping. But if they're the pterosaur or the soarers, and they basically just hunt little creatures and mammals, you know, that walk around on the Earth. But they can also be found on other planets as well, so this might be some different variation, or it might actually be these guys. They also take out one of Cargo's men, literally grabbing them and flying away. One even steps on the Mando until he sets it on fire, and they all scurry. Grief Karga ends up scratched and poisoned on his arm, to which he's about to die when all hope is lost and no med packs are left. Baby Yoda waddles over to him and heals him the same way that he healed Mando in Episode 2. At this point, Karga's entire attitude towards the mission and child shifts, so the child can not only heal a wound, but eradicate any poison or infection from within it. This is but a glimpse into how powerful the child will become. Also, take note that this time when the child heals Karga's wounds, he just sits back down. He doesn't pass out entirely like he did when he saved the Mando from the Mudhorn. Of course, you know, saving him there in that scenario probably required more of his energy, 
but it seems like maybe Baby Yoda's getting a little bit stronger. I don't know, that's just my theory. As the night comes today, Grief Karga stops in front of everyone and turns around to shoot the remaining two men he had with him, revealing the plan was to kill the Mando and Kara and take the child. But after what happened last night, he couldn't go through with it. The Imperial client is obsessed with obtaining this asset, he says, and they both need the client dead. Grief wants him dead because he doesn't. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. doesn't want any of the Imperials left in his city, and the Mando wants him dead because he just wants to live peacefully now, or at least go about his business without being hunted all the time with the child. So the Mando allows Grief Karga to cuff him and tells him to bring him in as his capture, and that he'll kill the client when the time is right. Karga tags along, and the plan is that she captured the Mando, and Karga brings it in along with the child. The Mando tells Kuehl to go back with the child in his arms to the Razor Crest and fortify it, staying safe with IG-11 as nothing on the planet could break through the ship once locked down. Now, the Mando didn't allow IG-11 to come with them because he hates droids, because the droids during the Clone Wars, the Clankers, killed his parents. Kuehl takes the child and they leave to their ways. Kara, Grief, and Mando to the client, and Kuehl the opposite way to the ship. As they enter town, it's riddled, and I'm talking riddled, with stormtroopers and scout troopers. Entering the door leading to the client, the Mando walks through with his cuffed hands, and Karga says, look what I brought you, as promised. We see the client here once again, and he looks pretty upset. Yeah, rightfully so. He marvels over the new Beskar armor of the Mando as he sits there and says, It is such a shame that Mandalore resisted the expansion. Compare Imperial rule to what is happening now. Look outside. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? I see nothing but dead and chaos. He asks to see the child when Grief says, uh, he's sleeping. And the client insists on opening it and saying, you know, he's going to be very quiet when a trooper walks up to him and says something. The client says, excuse me while I have to take this very important call. He walks to the other side of the room, activates a hologram of Moff Gideon, who says, where's the child? You better check again. When a blaze of hell and fury, and I'm talking like blaster fire is like just filling this place up with red lights, just wreaking havoc on everyone, killing the troopers, the client, and everything in its path. We then get to see outside, a row of death troopers are lined up with stormtroopers falling in by the dozens as a sick looking TIE fighter slows out of the sky and lands behind them. This TIE is a TIE line starfighter, and out comes Moff Gideon himself. Los Poyos Hermanos. The Mando radios Kuehl saying get the heck off the planet they're boxed in, where the scout troopers overhear this on their comms and they get on their speeder bikes and just like blast off. Now the death troopers, if you guys remember these guys, they are from Rogue One and they were only loyal to director Krennic. So I guess they're still around and now loyal to Moff Gideon. This Moff obviously succeeded Moff Tarkin since, well, you know, Tarkin died in the first Death Star. And pretty much every Moff is just a real bastard. They're real tough SOBs, you know what I mean? Death Troopers were the elite of the elite. They were like SEAL Team 6 of Stormtroopers. They were all extremely tall as well, at least in Rogue One they were. They were supposed to be like at least 6 foot 6. 
Just very imposing and terrifying troopers, hence their name. The moth gets out and says, where's the child? It means more to me than you'll ever know. As we see Kewel running on the blurg as fast as he can, making haste, jumping back and forth between Moff Gideon, the scout troopers, our heroes, and constantly the child and this and that. Until finally the Mando keeps calling for Kewel and no response is made. Our worst fears are now confirmed. We see the child laying motionless on the ground as the scout trooper speeds up to him and swipes him up, revealing Kewel is dead. End of episode 7. And now we move on to episode 8, which is the season finale in a week and a half. Damn. This episode was heavy. This was more of a cliffhanger than episode 7 of the Skywalker Saga, I feel like. I mean, what's going to happen to Baby Yoda? What's going to happen to the Mando? Kara, grief. Where the heck is IG-11? Is he going to come out of the ship finally, seeing that his master, Kewl, is dead, and just wreak justice and rage on those who killed him in a Terminator style? I think the child is perhaps the offspring of Yoda, or he's just another one of his species now that he's not a clone. It could also be possible that he's not just engineered to age fast, but he is indeed engineered in the cloning facility. Or he's just a strong force-sensitive Yoda species, and the Empire found him and wants to extract its force power in order to heal the Emperor or use it for some bad purpose, who knows what really. Now, what I also really want to know about is how Kewl worked in the gene farms. What exactly has he seen? And what are these rumors that he's heard about? Was it maybe Vader and Jedi and Sith and Force sensitives or Force users? Or is it something entirely different that the Empire was doing behind the scenes? Yoda can push things, he can pull things, he can lift things, he can choke someone, he can heal things. He is just all around powerful. And the fact that he was 50 means that he was born about 7 or 9 years or something like that before the Phantom Menace. I forgot the math that I did on this earlier, but he's born around that time. So it's like, where did he come from? Does he have something to do with Yoda? Obviously, he's a Yoda species, and we don't know anything about Yoda. That's why, you know, he's called Baby Yoda, is because we've only literally seen two Yoda species in Star Wars, and that's Yaddle, Yaddle, and Yoda himself. So... This new little guy is just connecting the past and the present, the prequels and the originals, and it's just really bringing everyone together because it's just very nostalgic and it's cool, and it just makes you wonder, who is this guy? He's just so adorable, and but so powerful and curious. So anyways, I hope our questions are going to be answered in the season finale next week on the 27th, but probably not, seeing as how season 2 is being made filmed right now, so... It's probably just going to leave us on an even bigger cliffhanger. Probably they'll release that one sometime next year, I'm guessing. So, hope you guys enjoyed this. Have an awesome rest of your day, and I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Now, fulfill.